everyone welcome uh, to eat family style create memorable meal times at home uh, my name is dipti dev i'm an associate professor and extension specialist at university of nebraska lincoln today i have with me dr brent mcbride uh, dr mcbride is a professor in human development and family studies department at the university of illinois at urbana champaign He is studying the role of fathers during meal times and how fathers can influence their child's eating habits. So, in your opinion, uh, Dr. McBride, why do you think it is important for fathers to engage with their children during meal times? I think it's important that men become engaged because if you think of it, uh, a family and feeding time, meal times, and so on, think of think of it from a family systems. Oftentimes, when we focus on uh, trying to understand what goes on in terms of feeding practices and only focus on mothers, we forget or we uh, ignore a very powerful influence in that practice or that process. Men are in families. Men are engaged in eating. Men are engaged in meal times, and they do have an impact on what goes on with the child in terms of feeding and so on. And to ignore that influence, I think we're missing a lot of ways to potentially intervene. I know that mothers and fathers approach parenting in very similar ways. Um, we know that mothers can be on a continuum from very responsive and supportive in their feeding practices to controlling and restrictive. We also know for data observational data that looks at fathers, fathers have those similar tendencies. We see fathers who are very controlling and restrictive in their feeding behaviors, but also very responsive at the same time. So we need to focus on the family as a system and not just as an individual person doing that role. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you know, fathers play a, an important role um, during meal times. So it's important to engage them. Uh, so what are some ways fathers um, can positively influence their child's behavior during mealtimes. So we know that if mothers are using coercive control, bribes and threats to uh, get their children to eat specific types of food, restricting access to certain types of food, we know that that leads to negative outcomes for their children in terms of their nutritional status, weight status, and overall health. The same thing would apply for fathers. Uh, we know that if fathers are more restrictive and controlling in their feeding behaviors, it's going to lead to less positive outcomes for the kids. So what we should try to do is give men the tools, the understanding, what does it mean to be responsive? What does it mean to be taking your cues from the child in terms of leading them in terms of the, uh, the feeding process? So Dr. McBride, let's talk about a scenario. Uh, there is a five-year-old and he does not like broccoli. Both mom and dad want him to try broccoli. Uh, dad tells the child, you can have ice cream once you eat the broccoli. And mom says, it's okay, don't pressure him. He can try it next time. So, you know, it's very common. There could be disagreements during mealtimes at the dinner table in terms of how, you know, whether pressure or encourage. Uh, so what are your suggestions with this in these kind of scenarios when there is a disagreement between the parents? There are, in your question or in your scenario, two, there are two really distinct issues that need to be thought about as you try to intervene in something like, first off, you have to acknowledge using the food as a reward to get children to eat behavior, foods that they may not do is a, a really a coercive controlling uh, eating strategy. And we know that that's not going, research has consist, consistently suggested that using 
food-based bribes to get children to eat specific foods actually does a disservice. They'll end up disliking that food more often than if you just let them go naturally in a responsive way. So getting men to understand that bribing kids to eat broccoli is not a good strategy if your long-term goal is for them to develop a preference for broccoli or their willingness to eat broccoli. But the other piece of it I think that's even more important is in your scenario, the mother and fathers have the mother and father have two very different approaches to food-related parenting. And that's what's going to possibly lead to more negative outcomes for the child if the moms and dads are not in agreement about what should and shouldn't take place during mealtimes. We want to make sure that they have communications between the two of them so that they have common goals or shared goals and visions for what mealtime should look like and then they consistently implement strategies to reach those visions. And consistency I think is really important when you think of a family systems perspective. So even if it's consistently negative, if you're both using the same strategy, that leads to less negative outcomes for the child than if you're doing a very responsive approach to encourage children to try new and novel foods and your partner is trying a coercive control on bribing the kids or punishing the child to try that same novel food. So making sure that they talk about what their goals are for the mealtime strategies and make sure they talk and are in agreement about what strategies should actually be used. I'm right, you know, right now we all are facing a very unique situation with the pandemic where children are at home and, you know, there is this shared responsibility in terms of trying to juggle work with, you know, parenting. Uh, so, how, what advice or guidance would you provide parents, uh, you know, who are in this situation and, you know, want to make the most of mealtimes and be responsive to their child during mealtimes? Well, this may sound somewhat odd, but I think the advent of the COVID-19 pandemic and stay-at-home orders and isolation within home environments and stuff has created a very unique opportunity for men to discover opportunities to engage in uh, responsive feeding practices with their children because they're, in, they're, being at, they're at home much more often than they have been in the past. So they can do things that we know lead to positive outcomes. They can become engaged in food prep with their children. They can become engaged in uh, extended conversations about food with the child and with the child's mother or mother figure as well. So taking, op taking advantage of this unforeseen opportunity is a really good, good thing for them to do. Just being present at mealtimes. When you're doing shelter at home or stay at home uh, following your governor's orders or whatever it might be, if you're at home, you're eating more meals with your child. So you have a greater opportunity to influence uh, what goes on during that meal time because of your sheer mere presence in the meal. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, children mimic adults and, you know, fathers can use this opportunity to really role model and enjoy eating those healthy foods in front of their child. And, you know, as their child watches them try these foods, they'll be more likely to try them too rather than you know using pressure so as so parents as an alternative to you know pressure try to role model because your kids will mimic you yes you also know that healthy foods are sometimes much more uh difficult to prepare they take more time and stuff rather than eating processed foods but when you're, at stay at, you're in a stay-at-home situation, you have more opportunities to engage in that. And uh, next, very important question for you, Dr. McBride. Like, how do uh, fathers' feeding practices vary culturally? Are there any cultural differences? Sure. 
just like anything else with parenting, men's food-related parenting is culture is uh, one of the major determinants is culture. Um, culture defines parental roles, what you do and you don't do. And when it comes to the feeding process, in some cultures, men play a very different role than what uh, the Western uh, U.S. culture is what you typically see in American families. So in some cultures, men make all the decisions about what's going to be eaten, when it's going to be eaten, where it's going to be eaten, and how it's going to be eaten. And that has to be taken into account as we think about how you intervene to change feeding practices when, within the home. If you do it in abstract or isolation from water to the culture determinants of feeding practices, you're going to miss the boat and will be less likely to be successful when you intervene. Thank you so much, Dr. McBride, for your time. You know, we all have learned a lot. It is really important to think of, you know, fathers, uh, you know, for meal times and the important role that they can play. Uh, thank you. You're quite welcome.